Welcome to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Each week on this program, Jeff and his guests share their expertise, personal anecdotes, and the latest industry news to keep you in the loop. Now to provide you with insight and help you navigate the consistently changing world of real estate lending, here is your host for The Mortgage Voice, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning into the show this week and each and every week. You can hear us, see us in a number of different places. Best place to see us is on YouTube. Go to YouTube, Jeff Barton, the mortgage voice. I pop up. There are hundreds of shows there. If you want to see, hear us each and every week, we get alerts when new shows just Click on that you like it. Join up. Uh, there are a lot of people that do that, and they get this information delivered to them ASAP through some kind of an alert. Also, Jeff Barton is also on, uh, what is it, mortgagevoice.com. Mortgagevoice.com has this show as well as many shows as well as all the guests or a good number of them on the website. Uh, it does keep you updated as to what's happening in the uh, world of mortgages. I have a blog there, and there are some articles, as well as the, keeping up on the daily of what the show is and the guests that are on that show so if you miss the show or you miss who is on just go to uh, themortgagevoice.com and you can sign up as well as get that information as you need it okay as again this is jeff barton and i am the mortgage voice how's that for you <laughs> be very definitive and declarative of this uh, a lot of things going on in the mortgage industry as everyone knows uh, real estate prices are in a um, hmm, in a very precarious state in some markets. Certainly most of the markets, I would say 60 to 70% of the markets out there are experiencing a good deal of price reduction, which is a good thing. However, since mortgage rates have risen, it's very, very difficult for a lot of people who were interested in buying a house to get that house. Because if you go from 3% to 5% or 3.5% to 5.5% on any mortgage, it's certainly going to limit the amount of people or lessen the amount of people who are available to get that mortgage. And that is what's happened both locally and when i say locally i mean here in southern california we're in southern california been broadcasting here for i don't know eight or nine years we're also in a couple of other markets that you may want to know about we're in las vegas 1400 amk ship and that good group is uh i guess we've been with them three years as well as k-mine down in uh, k-mine country down in albuquerque new mexico and certainly up in tahoe area all of these areas have experienced some ridiculously high um inflation they call it inflation they call it uh equity building when you own a home and the prices of that home keep going up all your neighbors keep selling higher and higher which means your loan is your particular not in your loan but your home is worth more uh they don't call that inflation what they call that is good well it is inflation what happens when that happens is that it prices fewer and fewer people to be able to afford those houses especially in the areas that most people want to live and where is that well where i live it's by the beach anywhere from you know, the Pacific Ocean to about, I don't know, even 30 to 50 miles inland, the prices have gotten incredibly high. And I just want to go through a couple of those to give you an idea of what some of the markets that are the hottest markets, actually not the hottest markets, but certainly in Southern California, where uh, I am broadcasting today, we can talk about what the prices are there. Okay, so there's several counties around Los Angeles. Now, Los Angeles to San Diego are some of the most um, valued properties because, let's face it, California to most people is the West Coast, right? It is the Pacific Ocean. It's the place where you, if you want to go surfing, you just go anywhere in California and you're going to hit the beach in about 20 minutes. Okay, so some of these counties uh, have seen these price growths which have really priced out of the market, especially with mortgage rates rising as they have. So that now, when we have a uh, mm, 
slow down into, uh, based on a, a number of different factors. We've seen those particular uh, those particular homes, I guess, not not priced a lot less, but prices uh, are rising more slowly. I.e., if we were going 20% a year, which is what we were doing as of last month, year over year, that would be June year over year was almost 20. I think it was 20%. 20.5% raise year over year on a national basis. Locally, it may be higher. Locally, it may be lower. Okay, so let's get into these and, and what has happened with uh, what's going on in these particular counties. Let's look at Los Angeles County. The median price of home is $860,000, and that's up 8.9% from 2021, same time. So as you can see, it's not 20% nationally, but even that is, is pretty amazing, right? 8.9%? Okay. Orange County, which is the county just south of Los Angeles County on the ocean side, is uh, the median home price. Think of this for a second. You're in a anywhere USA. This this uh, particular radio station uh, reaches a lot of different markets, and certainly this particular price I'm going to quote to you is going to sound unbelievable. But the median price in Orange County is one million twenty-five thousand dollars, over a million dollars. That's the median price. That means half the houses are priced more, half the houses are priced less. But that median income number. Uh, becomes very important, especially when we're talking about all kinds of uh, different government uh, uh, programs that uh, you have to qualify for. So to qualify for that type of price, what exactly do you need in order to get the, the actual uh, loan purchased by either Fannie or Freddie? Well, for the most place, uh, most cases, that median price uh, prices you out of Fannie and Freddie. So you've got to go private label, and that always, always costs more. But that number at one point, uh, 025 million is up 13.9 percent from 2021. Okay, Riverside County, which is east. That's right. If you're going east, driving to New York from Los Angeles, you get out of L.A. County and boom, you hit Riverside County. It's a great place to live. There's a lot of things that uh, the desert or hotter living uh, has advantages of. Uh, one of them is usually cheaper housing. But this number will surprise you. So the number in Riverside County, 594,000, almost 600,000, and that's up 16.6% from 2021. And down in San Diego, same thing, 810,000 is their median number, and that's up 10%. Now, what we've seen, these numbers, which, as I said, are astounding and high, are going to go up even less this year, which means that more properties will appear on the market. That's key to if you want to get out there and compete for one of these houses. Many people, like many people working, they call it in working the quit rate. They call it uh, when you're buying a house and you just stop looking. They just call that a disgruntled buyer. In either case, the issue of reinvigorating people to want to either get back to work or get back into the market and buy that house has to do with the price of that house and the price it's going to charge you to be able to afford that. Whether you can afford a 5.5% mortgage right now, if you can actually get into a mortgage on a medium price house in some of these counties, it's way above what the um, loan limits are. Even the conforming jumbo loan limits in L.A. County are $675,000. Anything over that, you can't get a government loan unless you do a very low large down payment. For instance, they'll give it a loan, but if you got a million dollar house, you got to put $400,000 down or $325,000 down in order to get that particular product. Okay, so in all of that, the main thing here is price for real estate 
is going to start coming down in these rich counties. Now, in your county, whether it's Albuquerque, whether it's up in Tahoe, or whether it's uh, out in Las Vegas, they say Las Vegas is going to be uh, one of the areas that will see the greatest drop in prices, possibly anywhere from 5 to 15%. Now, some areas of the country are going to drop more uh, faster uh, than other co- parts of the country. And, and, and that's obvious, right? Real estate, like politics, is local. So if you're looking for a particular bit of information, and I'm quoting these national numbers and these large area county numbers, it's quite possible that the place you're living in is different. You need to obviously follow what's going on in the real estate prices, as everyone does, as well as set yourself up financially. There are four different things that the chief economist at Realtor.com talks about when she talks about what you have to be aware of in this real estate market. Her name is Danielle Hale. I read this on uh, Housing Wire. Number one, inventory is up 18.7% from last year. Think about that. 18.7% more houses on the market this year than last year. That's a good thing. And I bet you right now, by September, when everybody gets settled down and they're living where they got to live because they got kids in school or they've got obligations that they just can't move, moving season is right now. So in September, you're going to see more houses on the market. That's a good thing. Number two, one in seven homes, one in seven homes that are listed saw sales uh, price reductions last month. That's number two. Number three, national is not local. I just talked about that. Local conditions rule. So make sure you're very aware of what's going on in your community. And four, be financially ready. We talked about this and we talk about it all the time. How do you be financially ready? You have to talk to somebody about what you need in order to get a pre-approval letter letter. Which, which basically states that you have been underwritten for your loan, TBA, a TBD, to be determined. That means the property you haven't quite picked out, so the property will have to qualify, but you can be underwritten, and that's DU and that's LP. We talk about that at any time. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. I really appreciate you listening to the show, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning in to the show each and every week. We come to you on a number of different radio stations. If you want to see the show, go to YouTube. Jeff Barton, the mortgage voice is one way you can see not only this show, but we have hundreds of shows there. Best thing to do is to join up, say you like it, so you can get the alerts on the show each and every week. We bring to you guests from all over the industry, whether it's a lender, whether it's uh, somebody who is actually doing loans, or whether it's just uh, an account executive from a loan company telling you about products and whatever else is available to you. Decisions that you have to make, changes in the mortgage company, uh, in the mortgage industry have been plentiful this year. And to help us kind of figure that out and, and to look a little bit forward is Henry Park, who is a longtime veteran in the lending um, uh, world, who is currently working at Lending 3, and he joins us now. Henry, how are you? Good. How you doing, sir? I'm fine, thank you, Henry. And by the way, <laughs> I, as I said, I really appreciate all the posts you do. I watch your family travels all over the world. It's awesome. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm actually. It's funny that you said that. I'm actually in Spain right now, uh, as you're, as you're, as I'm calling in. <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. Where are you? Down in Marbella? How hot is it there? No, no. 
Oh man, it's, yes, it's uh, it's around eighty five degrees. Okay, that's uh, not bad. I'm in Madrid right now. Oh, you're in Madrid. Yeah, not, not that too terrible. Yeah. Well, that's really actually very <laughs> yeah. That's nice. I've been to Spain a couple times. I like Spain, but we hear such. You know, we're in the States, so we only get filtered news here. We hear there are fires everywhere. We hear it's blazing hot. What, what, what is the situation going on there? No, well, it's not, it's, it's, that's, it was just a funny thing. I, I told my wife this, uh, when, when I got here. So early in the morning, it's like 70 degrees. And, uh, you know, I heard that when things in the afternoon, everyone sees siestas. And I told her, I said, I wonder why... They, they go to sleep in the afternoon, you know, the day of the afternoon, I finally figured it out. So right around 2 to 5 o'clock, it goes from 70 degrees to 80 degrees, and then it goes all the way up to like 95, 100, and then it stays there for about 3 hours, and then right around 6, 7 o'clock p.m., then it comes back down to like 70-something. So that's why people used to sleep in the afternoon. <laughs> that's funny. You know, that's a that's a great metaphor for how the rates are going to go. I saw rates go up to almost six and a half, six and three quarter percent. Now we're back down in the mid fives. Do you think they're going to stay here for the rest of the year? What is the lending environment like, and where where do you see it headed? No, okay. So you know, because obviously, as you guys know from last week, the API came out at nine point one percent, right, and uh, which was obviously way higher than what what people were expecting. So yes, uh, if you notice that the, the market just fell off, but if you notice it bounced right back in, and that's where people are, are, are was wondering, well, what, what what exactly happened? And so here's what it was, uh, and and for me, I've been a bond trader for most of my career. So you know, when it comes to actually interest rates and seeing where they go, that, 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 that's, that's kind of like what I do. But basically what everyone is kind of uh, thinking is that if you have two consecutive quarters of negative growth, you have what's called a recession, right? right? right. So right now with the rates going up and up and up, the reason why they did that was because the Fed has tried to slow down uh, this inflationary train that's been going, you know, ever since... Uh, well, well, here's the thing. You can't print... $9 trillion of money and uh, expect, uh, you know, uh, to have a free lunch, right? So that, that just doesn't work. And so that's why we have a lot of money uh, out there in the money supply chasing fewer goods and services, which is why we have this high inflationary pressure. So uh, what the, the only tool that the feds have is to basically ratchet up the, the, the Fed funds rate. And by raising rates, they're hoping that they can slow down this economy because it's really, really hot. And that's really what the, what's, what's happening right now. So what everyone's thinking is the Fed is just keep raising rates. The next uh, Fed meeting is going to be on the 26th, 27th. And what they're thinking about is raising it at least another 75 basis points. Maybe a point, but uh, I think it's 75, 75 basis points is in the bag right now. But the idea is, is that if they continue to raise these rates, that the uh, economy is going to start slowing down. So we might have that uh, you know, the peak, if it's not this month, maybe next month, and then it's going to start to head back the other way. So based on my crystal ball, it looks like by the end of third quarter, going into fourth quarter, I think we should see the tenure in the, in the, in the, in the twos. And then going into next year, I was, I, my prediction by first, second quarter of next year is going to be in the high ones. Uh, and going into the low one. So I, I, I think we're going to have probably one of the biggest refinance booms in history. Oh, you I know? see. And, 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 and I see. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. I mean, just, you know, and people said, Henry, do you think it's possible? Well, well let me ask you this. Uh, November of last year, 
rates were in the twos, right? High two, 2.75, 3%. And the rates went all the way up to six. So inside of six months. So what goes, you know, it's Newton's laws of gravity, right? What goes up must come back down. And what goes down must go back up. So is it possible? Absolutely it's possible because the second went up is the same thing that's coming down. So, uh, I, I mean, just, you know, this inflation went up really, really, really fast. And, you know, uh, uh, like I said, unfortunately, the only thing that the Fed could do was to ratchet the uh, interest rates up. But, like I said, it's going to be very turbulent because by ratcheting it up, now you're going to see a slowdown in the economy. And I think that's what we're going to have to do is instead of doing QT or qualitating uh, tightening, it's going to end up being uh, QE or quantitative uh, quantitative easing like it was back in 2008. You know, you're not the first person I've heard say that, although there's so much money, as you quoted, I think it's $22 trillion is the money supply right now, where before COVID it was somewhere around $9 trillion. So it just shows you that there's all this money. With all this money still in people's bank accounts, I mean, they looked at the savings rate and said it's still about as high as it was at the height of the pandemic. How are you going to be able to lower um, inflation if all this money is still around uh, I know the the Fed has planned to roll off its balance sheet all of the uh, mortgage-backed securities as well as treasuries but what is the key other than raising Fed interest rates on your credit card and, and your car loan to be able to slow down the comp the uh, the country uh, the country's economy what is the the plan here to get some of this equity out of the market do you see anything other than the roll-off being effective. Okay, so that's funny that you said that. So, you know, in June, the Fed was actually supposed to actually uh, roll uh, roll money out of the balance sheet, but here's right. the big problem. The big problem right now is that in order for them to do that, you, you remember, so the, the Fed's basically, when somebody refinances and pays off the loan, that's usually when they can go ahead and add new money into the money supply. But the problem is, is that you have a, a refinance year over year is down by 80% yep. from last year. So right now, if you actually look at the, uh, and I've looked at the Facebook and we're looking at the, uh, how much money has, has actually rolled off, we're actually $4 billion more than where we were, uh, you know, before the rollout. So, you know, I, I really think that we're in a precarious situation right now where yep. even though they're supposed to be rolling money off the, off the balance sheet, I, I, I really don't think that they, they can. And so right now, if the, if the Fed was not to prop up and buy a lot of the mortgage-backed securities right now, I think that you would have seen the rate shot up even way further than where it is right now. So uh, to answer your question, this is the pickle and I think that we're going to go into a into a uh, into another scenario, which is what they call stagflation or right. stagnant economy with inflationary pressure. So I think we're going to have both. I think we're going to have inflation, but at the same time, we're going to have a stagnant economy. Okay, so now you're a buyer and you're listening to all this, going, "How does this affect me if I'm just trying to buy a house?" And uh, you know, I'm, I, I've got money to put down, but uh, does this put pressure on house prices to go up, to go down? Where are we in all that? So, so here's the thing. I'm a very contrarian way. I have a contrarian way of thinking in terms of investments, right? Okay. So it's like Warren Buffett said, it's like be greedy when people are fearful yep. and be fearful when people are greedy, right? So, you know, just six months ago, people were crying of overbidding on properties, 20 offers going in on the same property. Now, all of a sudden, there's only one offer going in and now people are crying. You know, this is the way I look at it, right? When the rates go up, 
obviously home prices come down, right? Yep. And when rates are low, then home prices go up, right? So would you rather, uh, here's the, I look at two different scenarios. Would you rather buy a house that's $800,000, right, with a 3% rate, or would you rather buy a $500,000 house with a 6% rate, for example, right? right. I'd rather buy a $500,000 with 6% because guess what? If everything goes the way I'm thinking that it's going to go, and you know you got two consecutive quarters of negative growth, and the economy slows down, you know what? You can always go back and refinance, right? With on an eight hundred thousand dollar loan, it doesn't matter with the rate two percent. You still owe the bank eight hundred thousand dollars, right? On a five hundred thousand, you, you buy the house for five hundred thousand. Yes, you maybe got the loan for six percent. You're in it for a year. Rates come back down. You get rid of that loan. You only owe the bank five hundred thousand, so you save three hundred thousand dollars. You know what I mean? So, yes, I so do. me, I think that right now is actually a perfect time to actually buy personally, right? Because I know that when the rates come back down, you're gonna see, you're gonna see home prices move back up again. So, if you're looking to buy, you know, you, you know, it's just like this, uh, and, I, and I don't mind to, to to digress here, but um, I had a buddy of mine because I also do investments, right? And uh, you know, right when Bitcoin was at $60,000, he told me, hey, Henry, you think I should invest? And I've been telling this guy to buy it ever since it was $1,000. So, right. so finally, it's at $20,000, and I'm telling him, hey, I think you should buy it. He's like, oh, I wouldn't touch that thing. So now he doesn't want to buy it at 20 but he would have bought it at 60 Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Hey, Henry, right? I'm up against it. I'm so sorry. I love the conversation. Let's do it again soon. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks, brother. Thank you very much. That's Henry Park from Lending 3. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning in, listening to the show. If you want to see us, you can do that on YouTube. If you want to hear us, you certainly can do that on all the radio stations. But we're also on podcasts, a number of different podcasts. And uh, I don't know, seven, eight, nine of them. Uh, Daryl, do you have the list there? It's a, it's a bunch. Yeah. You know, number, I think the number's 10. But uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, Radio.com, YouTube, Podclips.io and TheMortgageVoice.com, to name a few. Excellent. Podclips.io, that's a great place to see myself, hear myself, as well as a number of other podcasters. It's kind of a place, it's a community, a village where you go. You can see all kinds of different things, whether it's lifestyle, whether it's, uh, in my section, it's... uh, finance, whether it's real estate, sports, yeah, all those kind of things, podclips.io, go there, great place. I'm Jeff Barton, this is The Mortgage Voice, and we bring to the show once again Eric Morganson from uh, Angel Oak, who is going to help us determine for uh, all time what is the best thing going on in the mortgage business, especially with some of the programs they're offering over there. Hey, Eric, how are you? I am very optimistic today, Jeff. Thank you for having me on. Thank you very much. Okay, I want to light the fuse and let you go. You talked a little bit off air about what's going on with rates and why rising rates is actually something that you've been looking, not looking forward to, but certainly waiting for for a long time. And now that it's here, I'm sure you have some products that can really help people. We do. We are full on in what is known as a cash out and purchase business. There is no tangible net benefit for anybody to refinance their mortgage. Most folks are in mortgages in the threes, 
So who's ever going to touch those? Right. Now, but but yet again, we still are seeing home appreciation, so it's a lot better to buy a house than it is to rent, even with the higher interest rates. Right. Right. No, I agree with that 100%. Are you worried that if people start pulling money out and real estate prices drop, that there's going to be an issue with um, you know either your company or other companies uh, going upside down? No, and we're not going anywhere. As a matter of fact, we're very bullish on the future. You realize that there is trillions of new equity in properties out there, um, and it's all about supply and demand, Jeff. There are more people looking to own a house than there are available houses. Right. So that's why we're never going to see what we saw during the financial meltdown where all these houses went into foreclosure. Who in their right mind is going to let their house go into foreclosure um, at this point, when they can simply sell it and take that equity off the table. There are people that might be addicted to drugs or alcohol or not mentally stable like a hoarder, um, and those are the only properties that you'll ever see that would even come close to going into foreclosure. <coughs> but we're very bullish on the housing market going forward. You guys, it's literally, over the last 10 years, the cost to, buy, to build a home in lumber in, in the wiring, uh, cost of copper, everything has doubled. So it's a lot more expensive to build a house right now. So again, very bullish. And I want to I want to focus on the purchase market out there. Okay. All of the self-employed people out there that literally never before in the history of American housing industry and mortgage do you have this. You have the ATR regulations standing for the ability to repay, coupled with. Um, uh, the fact that you have, what, 56 million self-employed Americans out there, um, a lot of them in the gig economy, and now you have somebody that can document, I don't know, $136,000 with their legitimate tax deductions to the IRS and turn around and buy a $2 million house based on their bank statements or what they're depositing their cash flow into their business versus what they're telling the IRS with what our 70,000-page tax code that we have in this country. It's a very sophisticated document. So if you can't qualify for a mortgage and you're self-employed based on what you're, based on your tax returns, you have this amazing option to go with a, a bank statement loan. And that's a business bank statement loan, personal bank statement, both? Either or. They're priced the same, whether you're doing a business bank single loan or a personal bank single loan. In the number one vocation, the number one occupation for bank statement borrowers in America today is guess what they do for a living, Jeff? Uh, drive Lyft. Uh, we do a lot of Lyft drivers and <laughs> Uber drivers, but no. They're real estate agents. Really? I should have known that real one, real huh? Estate- Yes, real estate agents were the first ones really introduced to bank statement loans with, you know, their self-employed clients that were trying to buy a house, and they found out, how did you qualify? I've been trying to sell you a house for 10 years, and they go, oh, I found this lender, um, like Malibu, to do a bank statement loan for me. So they go, uh-huh, I want one, because look, real estate agents are all self-employed. They're right. writing everything off they possibly can, and now it's time for them to... Here's a, a wonderful opportunity that they stumble upon, and guess what? They before never could qualify. We, we literally document 85% of what a realtor deposits into their personal checking account, and we use that 
to qualify them for the loan, and they are delighted. You know, your, your company, Angel Oak, went through some pretty heavy, hefty growth over the last two or three years. How are you positioned for this market going forward? Obviously, you're, you're looking at some of the cash-out stuff and, and, and purchase market, absolutely, with the different programs that you offer. But do you see, now, as you well know, there are some lenders that went out of business, whether it's Sprout or whether it's First Guarantee. Uh, how are you positioned? Where do you see that demand coming from uh, for your business? Well, the demand it, 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 right now, before I got on this, my phone's ringing off the hook. See, everybody, like loan officers, professionals like you, were helping people do rate and term refinances. A lot of tangible net benefit going from a 5% interest rate down to a 3% interest rate. But that party is over. Right. So now, loan officers are like, well, now what am I going to do? You, you see all the layoffs in the mortgage industry. Yep. The smart ones go, geez, these non-agency loan programs, um, uh, I really not. I, I really, you know what? I'm going to dust off these these rate sheets again and go. Hey, I'm going to contact them and I'm going to figure those out right now. And that's what we're seeing. Excellent. Now, the the rates for non-QM type products, which you're talking about, are vary, and they vary based on the uh, the borrower's credit. They based on the amount of money down, like any loan. But are they in ratio uh, the same way they were? you know, uh, six, 16 to 18 months ago uh, with conventional loans? Usually it was about a point, point and a half difference. Is it still that way? If we have, for instance, a conventional at five and a half, are we looking at seven, seven and a half percent for non-QM type loans? Yes, that is exactly right. Uh, doing a no-doc loan like on an investment property is never was supposed to be the same rate as you and I as taxpayers. We personally guarantee Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, VA, yep. FHA loans, that those are all backstopped by the U.S. government. This is all private capital. So private capital um, has a different um, a bogey to hit. It's not subsidized, number one. Uh, private capital is a little bit smarter on risk, where look at, our government is funding loans at 97.5% loan-to-value at a low rate. Gee, the borrower only has to put let's say, 3% down on a FHA loan? Are you kidding me? <laughs> if the market corrects 10%, um, uh, so, no, private money is a little bit smarter than, than government money, let's just say. No, so, I... No, the it, rates are going to be traditionally about a point and a half higher right. than going full documentation to agency. Yes, sir. Now, uh, uh, on, a lot of people get scared about prepayment penalties and the like. I don't know if they exist in some of the loans you do. At Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions, there is no prepay if it's owner-occupied. There okay. is a prepay penalty of three years on non-owner-occupied or investment properties. Like that so DSCR. That says, yeah, so with that said, the borrower um, uh, can buy it out either in rate or in fee. But, I mean, they, these, these loans are 30-year fixed. They don't balloon uh, on the borrower. Or you can go 40-year interest only which is nice as well to keep the payment extremely low. And, no, these are high-in-demand um, uh, programs. And, listen, real estate is not going anywhere. We're not going to see it. We're not going to see the free fall back of the financial meltdown. Days Agreed. Where, um, uh, these, these people didn't qualify for a loan. Nobody could really afford it. Now we have the ATR regulation. Right. Uh, for the folks out there, January um, the 10th, 2014 
The CFPB delineated what is a qualified and a non-qualified loan. These are non-qualified loans that have a law that every borrower in America has a three-year statute of limitation to sue their lender for their inability to repay their mortgage. Now, if your mortgage is with Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, agency, FHA, or VA, you can't sue them. But you can sue a private lender on your owner-occupied property for your inability to repay that loan. So this is the type of lending angel loan mortgage solutions system. Excellent. Uh, Eric, could you shout out your phone number, let people know how they can get in touch with you? These are great programs. People have to know about them. And if they have questions, how do they get you? Um, uh, my, my cell phone is fine. Uh, that is 949-554-5000. Again, that's 949-554-5000. Hey, it's nice talking with you again. Hey, you sound upbeat. I love you. I'm going to plug into your... Uh, interview every time I need a little lift. Oh, I, Jeff, I, it's so fun that delighting people that thought homeownership was, that, that, that wasn't for them, it truly is, and boy, do they ever smile that two months later, they see that their house is appreciating at a faster rate than their own salary. That it, it delights them. Excellent. All right, I got to go. I got another interview. Thank you very much. This is Eric Morganson from Angel Oak. Eric, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you, and I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning in to the show each and every week. We bring to you guests and people who are from all of the different disciplines within what we do. Uh, we just had on uh, Eric Morganson from uh, Angel Oak. We had on earlier Henry Park from Lending3. And um, our, our next guest been on the show several times, uh, a, a celebrity of sorts, of course, uh, always uh, very educated in the real estate market. She works for Realty One out in Las Vegas. Uh, she's been on national television a number of times, a number of different shows. Uh, Jean-Ti Chun joins us now. Jean-Ti, how are you? Hey, Jeff. Good. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. And thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure, always. Okay. So in the lending environment, we always look to supply and demand. If you know, rates go up, it kind of uh, hurts demand a little bit. Uh, what is demand like in Las Vegas? I read some things that I'm not sure are true, but I'd like a firsthand, uh, I guess, overview of what's happening there. What is happening? Well, you know... It depends on uh, what agent, you know, you ask right. or, you know, or what type of investor you ask. It depends on all that. Um, you know, what I notice is there's a lot of different reports, you know, coming all over yeah. the country. And, and you know, I have a lot of friends that would send me stuff, you know, right. from <laughs> other places. That's annoying. Where they read. Right. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, it's fine. I love, I love okay. the information and I love, I love the knowledge, so there's nothing wrong with that. But I tell them, I go, look. Don't base this on a certain market because just because it was written somewhere else doesn't mean it's prevalent through the whole country. Right. You know, it ha it depends on the area, it depends on the state, it depends on the city, it depends on the zip code, it depends on a lot of different things. Right. So what's happened in Las Vegas is, um, I mean, we have a little bit more supply. I mean, we're talking about going from one month supply to about two months supply now. So, okay. you know, within the six months, right? right. So it's double within the six months. 
Um, which, but remember, a, a stable market is still four to six months. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I tell people, please don't don't get all crazy and don't you know believe the hype and don't you know uh, there's still good deals. Um, it's still a seller's market, unfortunately, right. but the sellers are actually a little more realistic now. You know, they're not trying to get fifty to a hundred thousand dollars over market value anymore. You know. Yeah, they're, I they're do. About, you know. I do. Yeah. So <laughs> you you represent a lot of investors. People come to town looking for that. Are they are they still looking uh, uh, as uh, as much as they were? And are they looking for to purchase in order to rent out? What are investors doing with their properties? Are they flipping it. What are they doing? Um, you know, it's it, it's across the board. Okay. I still have investors. I mean, and I still have people just calling left and right looking for deals. Huh. Obviously, right. You know, those of every single day. You have no idea. Every single day. You know, and I'm like, well, and I tell them, I go, well, if, if there's those deals, 30% below market value, 10 to 30% below market value, you can rest assured that I'm going to buy it. I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> exactly. Why would I give it? You know, if I want to wholesale the property, maybe, maybe, but, you know, exactly, if you found that. Do you do much yeah, of that? Exactly. Do you do much of that wholesaling at all, or is it strictly you're, you're looking for investors and you're collecting a commission or... What other avenues of business are you employing out there, especially in a market like right. this? Well, I am not wholesaling. Okay. Now, I know a lot of people out there are doing that because it's a fast, easy money in a very short time. You know, we're talking about weeks. Right. Um, but, no, I don't do that. I do more of the uh, renovation and the flip. So I do take a little bit of time, and I want to maximize on my, you know, return of investment. Right? Of course, yeah. So I want to... I want to get, you know, 30 to 100% money back. So oh, I do not okay. rush it. I, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I do as a flipper. Now, what I've done recently is, you know, there has been maybe a few people out there or across the country that have issues with, you know, whatever, uh, the payment or whatever. I mean, there's not any foreclosures, obviously. Right. Are you there? But we're talking with John T. Chun, who is joining us from Las Vegas, Nevada. We may have some more technical difficulties. However, when talking about uh, flipping, there's a lot of different ways that you can actually do the flipping market. And one of the reasons that I brought her on was that she's been doing the flipping market for quite some time, i.e. you buy the house, you look to see what it's going to cost you to put uh, whether a new paint job, a new roof, maybe new kitchens, cabinets, maybe even some rework of the property. Now, she is talking about anywhere from 30 to 100% return on your money. In the wholesale business, which is a different side of the business, you find a property, you secure the property in a contract, then you sell that contract to somebody else. So your margins there are anywhere from 10 to 20%, a little bit different. Um, I think she joins us now. Excellent. John T., how are you? You're yeah, back. Here. Yeah, hi. Here I am. Okay, very well. So we were talking about flipping, about your uh, your uh, wanting to get anywhere from 30 to 100% in the flipping business mm -hmm. and finding those kind of properties, uh, even though you're saying uh, right before you got cut off, that the foreclosures really aren't there. There are no foreclosures. So where are you finding these good deals? Is it a ferret out? Is it just combing through the MLS? Is it other than the MLS? Mm -hmm. Where are you looking to find those? Uh, Everywhere, right? So now, yep. um, historically for me, you know, I just combed MLS yep. and I look for, um, you know, uh, properties that meet that criteria that I'm looking for. Right. But lately, within the last, uh, within this year, 
I've met people just traveling that have, you know, that's going through a certain situation and circumstances, you know, financially for themselves. Yep. And even though they're not upside down, they're not upside down, you know, I can advise them on what to do. And now I have helped some individuals basically with remodeling and flipping and stuff and then becoming their partner instead of, you know, going in as an investor and going, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to maximize it, maximize this opportunity and take advantage of these people, you know, and then buy it from them at a, at a low price. I don't do that. Now there's plenty of investors that will. Right. I'm just more into, you know, helping people and well, I'm a Buddhist, so I want right. to help people. And so, so the last few deals that I've done is I've, these individuals have found me for some reason and, uh, and I helped them basically and, and then made them money as well. So sure. Becoming their partners. Yeah. So I, and and that I I find a lot of joy in that. You know, instead of being an investor and going, you know what, I'm going to give you, you know, whatever, a hundred thousand dollars less for your house, and 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 you know, and just buy it from them like that. So, no, I haven't done that. Even though I had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. I do no. That. So, I. So, I, I like the idea that you go in, you be partners with someone. Maybe they don't have the fix-up money in order to maximize it. They want to get out, but they want to make the most they can so that you can mm -hmm. offer them really the fix-up money or however your expertise that you bring in to enhance the value of the property to such an extent that it's a win-win for both of you. That's a great way to do it. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, But, you know, I mean, there's still deals out there for investors that are looking and I mean, obviously not a lot, and um, right. but the market is good. So, uh, so as a buyer, you know, it, it, it's it's still a good market. You can still find some deals, not maybe not crazy deals, uh, but as a home buyer, the market is right for it. And you know, this impeding talk of oh the crash, you know, everyone's all scared. And so, so I, I tell people, look, don't follow the herd, please. You know, yep. don't believe everything you you hear, and definitely don't read everything. Uh, don't believe everything you read either. You well, know, what, you just what what are they going to do with Lake Mead? I, I went up there, and it looks like a small puddle compared to when I first started coming to Las Vegas. So, like, where is the water coming from? Are they going to fix that? What's happening? Uh, well, of course. I mean, that has been an, an, a concern for the last couple decades. It's not just right. Now. That's true. No, it's true. Yeah. But I never saw it this low. That's the thing. Yeah, well, you know, what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to cut you Californians off. <laughs> well, you know what? It's funny you say that because, yes, California does take a lot of the Colorado River. And, yes, there are definitely multi-state agreements. Who gets what? I think really what they should do is build a huge saltwater pipeline and a desal out in Vegas and just suck it up from the Pacific Ocean. There's plenty of water there. Absolutely. No, we'll find a way. I mean, we're, you know, we're resilient creatures. You know, we'll, we'll definitely find a way. And, you know, hopefully you guys, California and Utah, you know, you help us out too. You're not going to let us die, right? Well, you know, I always like going to Las Vegas. Hey, it's my home away from home. I go there all the time. So, yeah, it's probably, I'll bring a glass of water next time I come out. There's, you know, I don't want to take any of yours. Okay, so we got about 30 seconds left. Could you let, let people know how they can get in touch with a terrific person, especially if they're in that business or need a great real estate agent to find them a property out there? Absolutely. Please give me a call. I'm all, all over social media, Jean Tichon with Realty One Group, and my phone number is 702-467-3131. Love to help you. Thank you very much, Shanti, for coming on. You're always a pleasure, and I really enjoy having you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you very <laughs> much. That's, 
Thank you. John T. Chun from Realty One. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry, and we will be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning in to the show. You know, we see and hear this show all over the place. But if you are driving around in your car on a Saturday afternoon and you want to hear traditional radio, guess what? We got you covered. We're on five different stations in three different states. KSHP, that's K-SHIP in 1400 AM in Las Vegas. We're on either Saturday or Sunday. Which one is it? Do you, do you know? I believe it's both. Okay, very good. Yeah, usually at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and that's prime time when you're driving around trying to fix stuff at your house and you're looking for Home Depot or whatever it is that you need in order to do that. Also, we're on K-Mine. K-Mine country down in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Those fine folks down there put us on, and I believe we're also on Saturday at K-Mine, K-Tahoe. We're up in uh, Lake Tahoe area, anywhere from, I guess, Sacramento all the way to San Francisco. You can be heard depending on the day, but we're pretty strong up there in K-Ship, K-Mine, I mean, K-Mine country, as well as uh, K-Tahoe. And of course, two of our flagship stations, uh, KMET in Southern California and K- KCCA. KCCA, absolutely. And uh, really appreciate those, you know, those stations have really we've been on those almost 10 years and uh, they they bring us to a very wide audience from San Bernardino all the way east to LA and west out to Palm Springs north and south to Indio and south down to uh, some parts of Orange County really appreciate that great people over there and again if you want to hear us those are the places you can do it I'm Jeff Barton this is the voice the mortgage voice I can't speak today because I'm speaking too fast. Too many words come out of my mouth. Neither could I. It's KCAA. KCAA. Why did I? What did the I guy say? was just squirming in his chair. I don't know. I, I said <laughs> KCCA. Sorry, Mark. I, I didn't mean to say it like that. I'm KCAA. Sorry, Fred. KCAA. Those are our people. And I knew I said it wrong as soon as I said it, but. You know, when you get on a roll, you just start talking and things come out and you just don't know what you're saying. Anyway, let's get to it. All right. Now, we talk about a lot of different things on this show and how it affects your real estate decisions, your mortgage decisions. Certainly, the guests we bring on talk about the micro, what's happening in that lender, what's happening at this particular uh, person's office or at this shop. One of the things that we talked about last year through this year is what's happening in China. Now, why does that matter? Well, China makes a lot of stuff, and we got uh, drunk on Chinese cheap goods many, many, many years ago, back in the dot-com bubble. Uh, so whether you're Walmart or whether you're Amazon, we're buying Chinese products. And as a result of that, what does that do? It gets us to where we're, we're exporting dollars to China based on uh whatever it is they're making that we're buying. Well, I don't care what it is, it's made in China. Now, we've had some issues with inflation due to a lot of things about what's going on in China and what's going on in Russia because of the war. These things are holding up either the transportation of the goods or the supply of the goods. Now, all of that has to do with you know, supply and demand and everything else. But if you can't get things that you want, if you still want them, it's going to cost you more. And that's part of the problem with what's going on in China. So how is China dealing with their real estate sector issues? What are the real estate sector issues? We've talked about that. There's about 26, 27 different builders, uh, development companies in China, probably even more by now, which have defaulted 
on their bonds, bonds that they needed in order to, now China went through a 40-year remake of their country, right? They have a huge middle class. Part of the reason that that middle class has, you know, made uh, China more of a uh, consuming nation rather than an exporting nation, which is the goal, is because of real estate, owning property. Now, how they do it there is the development company will borrow money. They will say, okay, we're going to build X amount of houses. Then they go to the market and say, you middle, new, newly minted middle class uh, people, uh, you're going to buy this real estate that I'm going to develop from the bond money that I just borrowed. But in order to do that, you've got to get a mortgage for the unbuilt property now and start paying on that mortgage now. So they pre-sell all these things, and because of the nature of how the supply and demand works there, they're, they're bellying up to the bar and buying these things before they're built. Now, if you're, if you're in the U.S. market, you would think that's absolutely insane. Well, that's not what they were doing there. Okay, fast forward to today. Most of the middle class buyers in, what's the number? Okay, there are 301 projects in 91 cities. 301 projects in 91 cities that that prepay before you own or before they're built agreement, arrangement, there's a boycott and the borrowers are boycotting their mortgages. Now, what does this mean? This means that the money they bought, borrowed, in order to build these particular, uh, these particular units, they went into default. And they went into default because the value of the properties went down and people said, I don't want to buy these anymore. But the people that had purchased and were paying on mortgages were still paying on mortgages of properties that weren't even built and may never be built because of the default on the bonds. So what happened is, is that you have in these 91 cities, 301 projects, you have a lot of the mortgage uh, holders refusing to pay the mortgage, only making the, the entire process even worse. The real estate sector in China, I've always tried to educate by saying, look, this is a problem. This makes what we did in 2008 look very similar. Now, we in the U.S. don't have to worry about that. And people say, oh, my God, are we going to get the tightening that we had in 2008? We're going to get the, um, the shutting down of the ability to borrow just like it was in 2008? Well, if, if, you, if you know anything about uh, credit and, and how credit is available in the U.S., we have never gotten out of the inability of credit uh, to match the levels of 4, 5, and 6 it's been at the levels of 2008 since 2008. The credit box, what they call the ability of your lender to lend you money at easy terms, hasn't been easy since the crash of 2008. So the fact of that happening again, not going to happen again. And the loans are good. And, you know, people are working. You see the unemployment numbers as well as I do. Whether you believe the politics of it, people are working. The reason people are not working in certain areas and stores and you see help wanted ads everywhere is because you had five to six million people just quit their jobs and not going back. That's one of the reasons. Now, reverse that back out to where China is right now. They're in trouble. 25% of their economy is wrapped up in this whole real estate 
issue. And that's a problem because right now we have lockdowns in their second major city. Anytime there's a COVID sniff, they lock down an area. We have inflation all over the world as a result of problems with the sector of delivering of goods and making of goods. And now we have the real estate sector in China imploding. Now, what is the Chinese response to all this? They look and had looked to lessen the terms of the availability of credit. The availability of credit to the builders. So I went looking around. Okay, what, what is the Fed funds rate or the, the uh, I guess, whatever similarly named it is in the European Union, it's the ECB. In China, it's the People's Bank of P PBC or something like that. People's Bank of China. What is the interest rate in all these countries? And how does the U.S. stack up? Well, we look at how fast the Fed is raising their particular interest rate. And of course, that short-term rate on borrowing bank to bank, it's going to affect your credit card, your car loan, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So let's look at, <laughs> let, me, let me just get to a couple of these because it just shakes your tree when you, when you think, okay, here's a country, Argentina. You say, okay, how bad could it be? 52%. Okay. You want to get a loan from that uh, bank to bank down there? It's going to cost you 52% on a yearly basis. Now that's high. That even beats the war countries, Ukraine and Russia. Ukraine, 25%. Russia, 20%. Okay, let's just whistle on down. Turkey, 14%. Uh, let's look at a couple more of these. Uh, let's get to uh, China, 3.7%. Now, the U.S. comes in right near that, and the U.S. is at 1.75%. So the short-term interest rate in the U.S. is still among the lowest in the world. It's probably out of these, I don't know, I have 85, 90 countries here. It's in the, in the bottom 10, 11. Only Taiwan at 1.75, that's like the U.S. Sweden at 1.25. Switzerland at 0.75, that's negative 0.75. They almost give you money to lend. Anyway, lots going on. Hope you followed all that. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. We'll see you next week. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. For more on today's topic, visit www.malibufunding.net.